and welcome in to a special weekend edition of the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Justin Hall here with you riding solo on this weekend edition, but joined by State Senator Josh Kimball out of Spartanburg to discuss an issue taking place inside Spartanburg County. And folks, if you've watched the podcast over the last couple of weeks, we've actually been highlighting what's taking place in the libraries inside of Richland School District 2, pornographic material inside your children's classrooms and the school district fighting against the ability of parents to actually see it and access it. And we bring in now Senator Josh Kimball. First of all, Senator, thank you for joining us on the podcast today to discuss this issue. I'll, I'll cede the floor to you. What's happening in Spartanburg County? Well, Justin, always good to be with you. I appreciate the work of Palmetto Family Council in trying to defend good values here in our state. So look, what's happening in Spartanburg is not unlike what you've experienced in Richland or other parts of the state. There's, there's been this push and I pointed this out during the legislative session, even during the budget debate, there's been a really disturbing push by a bunch of, of liberal activists to indoctrinate kids in, in not only public schools, but public libraries. I mean, we have in Spartanburg County earlier in the year, I probably, one thing about being in the Senate, you get tons of emails, tons of messages from folks on any range of subjects, but probably one of the single most, uh, uh, the highest volume of emails I've gotten on any subject this year was a bunch of parents who told me, look, Senator, I don't know if you know this, but all the Spartanburg County libraries, we have multiple branches, okay? But all these libraries have in the kids section, essentially pornography. I mean, a lot of people will take their kids during spring break. This is when it really came up during our spring break. A lot of people are taking their kids to the library, letting the kids go to the kids section, not, you know, assuming they don't have to be supervised in the kids section. The junior's coming back with a book about how to change his gender or how to give oral sex to a to a to a person during sexual intercourse. I mean, this is sick. And these are books that are targeted to five-year-olds to six-year-olds. And, and it's really a, a disturbing agenda. Every single library in my county, not just one office of it, every branch had books about uh, gender identity, about uh, performing various sexual acts, talking about homosexual sex to kids in first grade, kindergarten, second grade. And that is disturbing. It's actually against the law. In South Carolina, we have laws in the books right now that say that if you give that kind of obscene material to a minor, uh, that's a felony. There are exemptions for educators, which I think we need to revisit. And that's how they've gotten around this. The library claims that they're involved in education and thereby they're citing the, the state code regarding exemptions for educators on sex ed. But they're essentially giving materials to children in children's sections of the library that if it, they were not an educational institution, it would be a felony to do so. So, Senator, as we, as we dive into this issue, and you mentioned these are public libraries inside of, of Spartanburg County. And I'm sure, folks, if, if you have information, whether you live in Clarendon County or Kershaw County or Lexington or Lee, you could probably find the same types of things in your in your public library in your county. And if you do, let us know. But, but Senator, the main opposition to this, uh, to your stance, I'll put it that way, to your stance, to our stance, is sure. that this is just more government overreach. This is the government trying to burn books. It, it, it's you trying to implement a, an anti-woke uh, Christian agenda on, on the public. Now, you'll hear the same things. You'll hear freedom of speech. You'll hear separation of church and state, which I tell the folks, and if you're listening, you know this. If the separation of church and state is in the room with us right now, you let me know. You let me know, because obviously we should fear it. You won't find it anywhere in, in the United States Constitution. But, right. Senator, there, there's plenty of pushback 
on your stance and the stance of others in inside the Senate and inside the House, basically saying this is more government overreach. Government shouldn't be involved in this. You're book burning. You in the fight against cancel culture are simply trying to cancel freedom of expression. How do you respond to people who go that route? I'll give you I'll give you a really good response to that. I heard somebody one time during the Medicare, Medicaid debates under Obamacare say, keep your government hands off my Medicare or keep your government hands off my Medicaid. Uh, the newsflash is those are government programs. So it's hard to keep government hands off of a government program. Public libraries are government programs. Yep. So to say that this is too much government overreach, no, 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 this is government holding government accountable. That's what this is. Nobody's saying that a private sector person can't do what they want to do. If you want to teach your kids this, this sicko stuff, free country, I guess you have that right. But the reality is these are government-funded libraries, and these are government funds they're using to buy these books for five-year-olds. And I'm a government official. I have every right to stand up to what a, an agency of the government I help lead does. And you know, as Barbara County Libraries come with their hands out almost every year to Columbia during the budget, asking for more money for this program, more money for that program. And now whenever I say, hey, look, I think this is ridiculous that you're giving books about gender identity and sex to five-year-olds, they suddenly say, oh, Senator, you got to keep your government hands off what we do here. Well, they, don't, they want my government hands involved when I'm writing a check. So, I mean, that's a completely ludicrous assertion. And, and this idea that somehow this is fascism or we're trying to burn books, nobody's burning any books. I've never called for these books to be burned. I've never called for these books to be prosecuted, a prosecutable offense. If you want to buy uh, uh, Heather's Two Daddies, or you want to buy uh, How to Make a Baby, the transgender edition, which they actually have, if you want to buy a book about uh, gender queer, you can buy those things, okay? Buy them with your own money. Don't use tax money to put it in a kid's section at a public library when parents take their kids for summer camp at the library, their kids are getting indoctrinated about how to come home and ask for a sex change. This is, no, no rational person thinks this is okay. If, nobody's talking about putting books on a fire and burning them. But I will tell you this, these same folks that are lamenting the fact, I don't want to give pornography to first graders, are, are out there saying we shouldn't have a Bible in a public library. So, you know, it's just such a double standard. It's absolutely hypocrisy run amok. These same folks that are saying that I am a book burner, like Hitler, I've actually had the Hitler comparison, which is ludicrous. Uh, I, I think that these, these leftists ought to take a look at Hitler's politics because he was far more in line with the far left uh, than any form of conservative thought. But this, these same folks that lament the fact we don't want to give pornography to first graders and kindergartners are saying we should ban books about faith, we should ban library books that have anything to do with the Bible, and that we should ban the Bible itself from being in a public library. So, you know, it's really, these are crocodile tears. They're, they're being hypocritical liars. And at the end of the day, this is about decency for kids. Nobody, regardless if you of where you are on the issue of gender identity or marriage or human sexuality, I think everybody, right, left, and center, who's sane and has ever raised a child can say that giving that kind of material to a five-year-old is sick and wrong, and we should not use tax money to pay for that. And, and as we talk about this, there are many other areas that the country is becoming more and more divided on. Obviously, none more in the news in the last couple of months than the issue of abortion, which we've seen play itself out in the state of South Carolina. I actually won't get into that conversation with you today. That's another conversation for another time. But we see these different issues, whether whether it's abortion or whether it is this transgender woke ideology that's permeating society right now, Senator. Um, 
it, it, it feels that the United States is really starting to break down into different factions on this issue. And it's almost, it's almost like a cold civil war, really. When you have different states, you have you have California, where I've, I've said plenty of times you can have an abortion up until 95 years after the child's been born. Uh, you can. But then if you come to South Carolina, you're in a different you're in a different state. Kansas obviously just voted on a constitutional amendment themselves. So you have all these different issues. And then you factor this in on top of it. Or this is an issue that folks maybe don't want to reckon that's actually happening inside South Carolina. No, this is a California problem. This is a New York problem. This is an Ohio problem. You fill in your state when the simple fact is it's happening right under the noses of every single one of us. So for the folks who are watching this, our special weekend edition of the podcast with Senator Kimball, Senator, what would you tell our, our, our viewers and our listeners at home? What can they do to push back against the push that is if we're talking, we're getting close to football season. I mean, this push is probably on the 25 or 20 yard line heading into the red zone at this point in terms of the cultural left trying to push their view. No, that's a good analogy. We got to you got to run some serious defense here at the end. Here, here's what I would tell you. First off, let's just go back to the idea of the cold civil war as you referred to it. I think that's appropriate. I've called it that. If you look at the uh, it, it, consensus, the vast majority see the media wants it to seem as if we're. 50-50 country, either, or maybe the left has a few points above 50 and we're kind of fighting from a minority position. Here's the reality. On the issue we've been discussing today, on giving these kinds of sexual materials to kids, there's really actually a super majority in our favor. Uh, if you look at uh, in Florida, for example, over 65-70%, depending on which poll you look at in Florida, they have supported the push of Governor Ron DeSantis down there to do essentially what I'm doing here. If you look at Virginia, uh, governor Glenn Youngkin is governor of Virginia, almost exclusively on these kinds of issues. So um, the American people are not really that divided on whether or not it's a good idea to give porno, pornographic materials to, to kindergartners. The American people are not very divided on, the, on the, the, the real danger of promoting a gender reassignment ideology for elementary school kids. In fact, 65 percent of Americans across, the, across every state have said, regardless of, of race or, or geographic or, or political boundaries, 65% of Americans have said it's wrong and should be illegal to, to have to push for gender reassignment of minor children. So I think we're very much in the majority of these issues. And we don't need to fight from a position of weakness or timidity or fear when it comes to, to trying to stand up against these interests that want to sexualize and indoctrinate your kids. Now, on the question of abortion, I still think there's a broad consensus on that, too. There's different degrees of it, right? You've got extremes on both sides. You've got some folks that say we should prosecute mamas. On our side, you've got people who say we should prosecute mom for having one. I don't think that's right. You had 50 years of the, of the left trying to say this isn't a baby. I, I disagreed with that assessment. But... You know, you can't just now say, OK, we're going to not only outlaw abortion, but prosecute the mother. That's too far. But then you've got on the extreme left. I mean, governors like Gavin Newsom in California, they want to have abortions to the, literally the day that the child is born and want government to pay for it, have abortion tourism. The vast majority of Americans say that abortion is wrong, that abortion should be legal only in very rare circumstances, particularly the life of the mother and, and health emergencies. I think we build a consensus around that. So the media wants it to seem like the country is helplessly divided. I don't really think that's true. I think there's a pretty broad consensus on all of these issues, as long as we uh, message it the right way. In terms of what people can do, you need to pay attention to what your kids are being taught. As we go back to school, we're just a week or so away from that. Some schools already are back. You need to pay attention to what the curriculum is. Look at what your kids are being taught. Ask the teacher 
for a copy of the books they're looking at in the classroom because we have to be really aware. That's one of the great things that happened during COVID. I don't think there's many silver linings of the COVID pandemic, but one is, and I've heard it referred to as the COVID-16-19 moment, is that Americans at least finally started paying attention across the board as to what their kids are being taught and really are pretty disturbed by it, whether it's Common Core Math or our CRT or our gender uh, reassignment ideology. A lot of things are very disturbing in curriculum, and we need to be very aware of that. And so uh, pay attention to what your kids are being taught. Look at what's in those local libraries and let's get engaged. And one final thing before we wrap up, Senator, obviously the election uh, of 2022 is coming up. Uh, the Senate will be untouched here in South Carolina. This is a this is a house. Thank election. God. Thank God. Yeah, I'm sure you're thrilled not to be campaigning as most of your uh, most of your fellow senators are. Uh, we'll get through the 2022 election, and then before we know it, it will be January again. It'll be January of 2023, and you guys will be right back down here uh, at the State House, which is just beyond this camera. Um, where in the fold do you feel like this parental parental bill of rights, parental rights issue, when it comes to schools, when it comes to public libraries issuing pornographic material to children, where where would you like to see this rank in issues inside the South Carolina Senate in 2023? Certainly a top priority in my view, and I think is a top priority in the view of most parents uh, out there. I mean, I've worked really closely with Senate staff. We're working on pre-filing numerous pieces of legislation that would enhance parental rights, that would empower mom and dad, and make sure you're involved in your child's education. It's one of my top top priorities. I've, I was in Florida last week, uh, last weekend, to briefly meet with Governor DeSantis. Uh, we are largely looking at what Governor DeSantis did in Florida, trying to mirror some things here in South Carolina. I've, Tried to tell everybody we're not going to let Ron DeSantis in Florida have all the fun. We intend to continue to help uh, lead the conservative movement in South Carolina as we always have. So certainly on the top of the list, right along with trying to provide additional tax relief and financial assistance to folks that are hurting under Biden inflation. But we're we're very focused on parental rights. And and I'm sure that is a that is a winning point to make for much of our listening and viewing audience. Senator Josh Kimball joining us on a special edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast here this weekend. Senator, thank you so much for, for taking the time out to talk to us about this issue today. Thank, thank you, Justin. Appreciate all y'all do, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Appreciate you, Senator. And again, if you want more information about what's going on here at Palmetto Family, you can do that. Just go to our website, palmettofamily.org. You can also download the Palmetto Family Council app. That's the best way to stay connected with what senators like Senator Kimball and representatives are doing over at the State House with our Inside the State House feature. You can watch all the podcasts on there as well. And again, if you missed the announcement, October the 15th, Allie Beth Stuckey is coming to Columbia, along with other big conservative voices across the state and across the country. Be joining us on October the 15th to gear up for the fight ahead for Christian conservatives and the conservative movement. Tickets for that event go on sale on September the 1st. For Dave Wilson, Mitch Prosser, Kevin Kiello, and our entire team at Palmetto Family, as well as Josh Kimball, I'm Justin Hall. Thank you so much for watching the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina, the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. 